You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I am so elated for this feel good Friday episode. Oh, our continuation of these amazing people coming into this amazing space at Sankofa Theater for our Black History Takeover. So excited that today I have the Stephanie Johnson Tolliver, as we love to call her, SJT, is in the building today. She actually gets to sit down with me and we get to dive deep into some rich history right here from Seattle. I'm so glad that she can be on and also share her own personal journey as well. We keep referring to SJT as the one who knows knows what was going on and yet there's a whole story that she has so I'm so excited to dive in with her and in true fashion we get to follow up with Cynthia Brothers who's here for another Vanishing Seattle episode as we look at some iconic cultural hub spaces uh, in the black community that have vanished some that are maybe re-emerging it's going to be so great to talk history with these two amazing history buffs in the building I'm so excited excited and so stoked. But of course, y'all, it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of the all of the places. Whichever one's your favorite, search for us and y'all will find us there. Well, I'm so excited. SJT is here and I get to talk real history. Hi, Stephanie. Yay, I'm <laughs> glad to be here too. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. We have talked oh. about you and Cynthia and just the way that both of your work really complements each other. Uh, it's so beautiful to see you, you know, Black Heritage Society really sticking firm with so much amazing rich history. And then to see this emerging, you know, platform with Se Vanishing Seattle kind of take Take us all by storm. But I, I have to start with you. I have to okay. go. Like when I think about where you are today, there's a whole journey. What got you to yes. Black Heritage Society? <laughs> <laughs> I know we were talking about that earlier. And um, it has been quite a journey for me. And I know I've shared with other folks that I am a fourth generation Seattleite. So deeply rooted here. Lots of history here. Um, I went to Seattle Public Schools. I mean, I am a product of Seattle Public Schools. Mm. Um, worked my way to Whitman College for a year and um, was actually president of the uh, freshman women who were um, not wanting to pledge sororities, so independent women. Um, got really jazzed about what was happening at the University of Washington and came back to the U and um, in those really vibrant days of the 70s and spent time working in the Office of Minority Affairs with Larry Gossett and Roberto Maestas was there at the time, Sam Kelly, Bill Hilliard. I mean, it was a beautiful scene at the U and um, was studying communications, but then found my way to horticulture. 
And I was complimenting you on your lovely plants here in the studio. <laughs> so um, I was horticulturist at the Volunteer Park Conservatory. And I know that that too is an iconic place in Seattle. Um, for those who haven't visited, I hope they do. So beautiful uh, under glass, five houses. And we had a fabulous orchid collection there, still do. And so I was really fortunate to travel to some really exotic places and look for orchids. So that was a career, right? And uh, But I was always excited about museums and interpretive programming, public programming, and uh, found my way back to the U and museum studies with a certificate and um, then did practicum at the Northwest African American Museum when it was first opening. And my path then led to other museums and work in museums and uh, always been um, a part of the Black Heritage Society, but have just been leading there for the last five years. Wow. Uh, you know, that's there, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, there, well, there's so much rich history there, but also uh, Black Heritage Society has really uh, taking shape as a, a prominent leader in preserving the history and the stories. Yeah. Uh, when you think about the, the, the breadth of that work, mm -hmm. right? The, the, the enormity of it, right. because there's so much that gets erased over time. Uh -huh. How does that settle with you? And how do you take that into your role at BHS? Um, well, first, the collection is absolutely priceless. You can't put a price on it. Um, when you look at the history there in the archive, you walk into those stacks, those rows of um, people's lives, stories, oral histories, uh, the memorabilia, ephemera, the artifacts, some of them dating back to the late 1880s, black people in Washington state. You dig into some of the files and folders of William Gross, and you see some of the documents that he actually had affixed, you know, his ex to or... Um, his confirmation on particular business deals and the photographs of his family and other legacy families. Just recently, we took um, D. Charlene's um, legacy collection into our possession. Rita Green uh, very graciously donated that collection. Jonathan Moore, Edwin Pratt. I mean, there's some large legacy collections, but also um, the stories of so many like what I call everyday people in their lives that help to shape and inform um, not only Seattle, King County and Washington state. So um, it's a huge responsibility. I feel the weight of it sometimes, but most of the time, because it's my passion, I absolutely love it and love sharing it. Well, I'm so glad that you're there and that we have this amazing connection with you and partnership and friendship, honestly, because, yes. you know, I, I'm sometimes I just hit you up. Wait, I need to know about this or that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you always are there. What are some of the spaces you want to talk about today? Well, um, first, I know I sent you a little note. I wanted to um, be able to give this shout out today to Seattle Public Library and the support that they recently gave uh, the Black Heritage Society and the family of Jacqueline Lawson, who is one of the co-founders of BHS, or other co-founder Esther Mumford, um, fabulous uh, published author as well and historian. But Jackie wrote a book called Let's Take a Walk. And that Let's Take a Walk was, is the 
uh, tour of the Seattle Central District um, from the 1920s through the 1940s and to the edge of 1950. And so it takes you through the Madison Street corridor and a little bit south and north of Madison Street. All the rich black businesses that were there that supported one another. Well, it was in, uh, it's a limited edition. Uh, there were only, I think maybe three or four copies that are circulating within Seattle Public Library. So they offered to digitize the copy. So now everyone has the opportunity to go online, go to their digital library and see this Let's Take a Walk and all of these fabulous stories about the places that were the black businesses during the 20s, 30s and 40s. Well, that right there is what my grandmother would talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and when we have we've done like drives, you know, throughout the Central District and mm -hmm. we go up uh, mm -hmm. the, the Madison Corridor and grandma would talk about like, oh, well, I worked in this spot over here. Oh, this is where, you know, we used to come and do our dancing at late at night. Like she has such a, a, a rich connection and it's through her eyes that I've been able to experience that. And then, you know, seeing it in the Al Smith collection mm -hmm. was just phenomenal. And, you know, last week I was able to interview Keith Williams with Fly Right Productions. Uh. And I thought of you so, cause I said, Keith has a whole other generation that is like Al Smith, but it's like things that I know. I mean, he had Rosa Parks at Garfield High in 1997 right. and I was there in 97. I'm like, Keith, like this is the kind of stuff where it's like now Mohai needs to do a whole nother exhibit on Flyright. I has, would love yeah, he that. Yeah, he has generations of photos. Oh my God. I would absolutely love that and um, would love that conversation. Um, with Keith and see what we can do to make something happen because that would be lovely. I know there are so many places. Um, I too, when I start thinking about all the different places, not only on the corridor, but um, when I think about, uh, oh, like the little record mart, um, I don't know if you remember World of Music, that was probably oh, okay. Bob Summarize and KYC <laughs> and all of these places that were so vibrant to our community, um, our newspapers, right? I mean, we had newspapers, black newspapers in our community from the 1890s forward, right? And we still have, right, the facts with Fitzgerald Beaver and then the, ben the Benton, excuse me, um, Chris Bennett and his family with the medium. Yes. So we have all of that rich history that's recorded. So not only in photographs, but also those mediums as well. Um, all the eating places, I mean, how many did we have? You know, um, so we've seen some come and go, some come back, Catfish Corner. Yeah, yeah. Right? That whole corridor right there on Jackson that's looking so vibrant right now, too. Mm -hmm. um, Simply Soulful, yeah. um, Bush, the plant. Yep spot um 23rd Ave brewery yeah. and i do love some beer <laughs> so um and i'm all about metier that's yeah. on cherry yeah. central cafe art noir i mean all of these i'm so excited you no know, that's i what, can't stand it you know my, my friend was just here and she hasn't been living here for a really long time and we got into this discussion about how i'm so grateful that i am a part of the the this this wave of being able to experience all of these spaces opening around us and i realized right. 
everyone isn't connected like that. And I'm so grateful for that because all the places you named, I think about even A for Apple daycare right there on oh. Jackson, like, right? Like there, it, yes. the, the beauty of this black vibrancy that is really soaring again in the central district is intentional. It was it, the work of so many who have fought to make sure that we have spaces here too, right? Well, so many, but today with Africatown, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm excited about the state of the union, state of Africatown next uh, weekend yeah. too, to be able to hear that. And um, I believe that um, that really helped to push what we have today over these last five, six years. Um, Fire Station 6 with uh, the William Gross Innovation Center and some of the connections. Um, I'm talking to them now and hopefully um, we'll be able to work together on a couple projects out of there. Um, I recently was looking through a booklet and it was a book that uh, Esther Mumford wrote and it's called Calabash and it's uh, really excellent book that talks about the history of the central district too and reminded me of a quote that I'd seen earlier, but in her book, if I could just read it just really quickly, Absolutely. what it says. And this is, um, it's from the 1917 booklet of the Negro businessmen's league of Seattle. So, you know, way before we had a chamber of commerce, right? 1917. And it really resonates with me today. And, even with some of what I hear Omari say, you know, about how we came to, black people came to Seattle and we weren't looking for a handout, right? We were just looking for creative ways to be able to lift our families and our communities. So this is the quote that resonates with me is, there is a disposition to prevent us from participating in the promised prosperity wave. In spite of all these obstacles, there are many opportunities in Seattle, about Seattle, awaiting the magic touch of enterprising colored men, from which, if prosperity handled, the promoters can reap a golden harvest. And so even in 1917, you had these league of men, but there were women who were in, in the league as well, who were thinking about how, what that promise could look like. They put their minds together, um, their business sense together, that they can promote one another and have this really vital community, which we did have. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's still here. It's, I see it as this, um, this phoenix, right? It's this rising, you know, that's coming back and, and everyone is embracing it right now. It just makes me happy. Yeah. And, you know, I see it, too, as a way for young people to really get engaged with the history as we have these spaces that down they get to patron, they get to go to, they get to experience, mm -hmm. they get to build, mm -hmm. you know, memories from, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to connect it back to mm -hmm. all of these spaces that maybe are not there anymore. But for them to see the resurgence of black business in the mm -hmm. community again is so special. It's it, it really holds a special place in my heart. I know it does for you as well. Yeah. Of course, I got to give you time. If folks are wanting to connect with you, Black Heritage Society, mm -hmm. look right there. Let them know okay. how they do that. Please connect with us at the Black Heritage Society of Washington State. Um, you can find us online, um, www.bhswa.org. Um, 
you can call the resource center. That All that information's on our website, the phone numbers and how to contact us. And we're inviting people to come down to the archive now. We were closed for a couple years. Uh, a lot of places were closed, but we're open now to take appointments for people to come and uh, look through the archive. Oh, amazing. Stephanie, thank you so much for your work and for staying dedicated to making thank sure you. we do not forget our history. I appreciate you so much. Oh, no. And you too. I'll be back. Absolutely, you will. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. I get to talk next with Cynthia Brothers, bringing in some amazing iconic spaces. And I, I don't want to spend too much time on one of my favorites, but we're definitely going to get to it right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. What's up, everybody? Trey Holiday here, and I'm so excited that Converge Media is doing a Black History Month takeover at the iconic Sankofa Theater. That's right. We're going to be looking back to look forward in this amazing space as we curate our own segments of Black history with our friends there at Sankofa Theater. Shout out to our partners, Friends of Waterfront Seattle, the Elite Collective, and the Vita Agency for joining us on this amazing journey. Of course, the whole Converge family is going to be in the building February 20th through the 24th. Y'all do not want to miss these segments. Join us and can't wait to see you there. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. This winter, Seattle Opera presents the world premiere of A Thousand Splendid Sons. Based on the best-selling novel by Khalid Bosaini, this new opera tells the breathtaking story of two Afghan women brought together under the brutal Taliban rule. There has never been a more important time for this story to be on stage. Make this world premiere part of your plans today. Don't miss A Thousand Splendid Sons, February 25th through March 11th at McCall Hall. Details at seattleopera.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their <laughs> boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that yeah. you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basie wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is another Vanishing Seattle segment for y'all on this history feel-good Friday. What up, Cynthia? Hey, Trey. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've been talking about you and Stephanie in the same space with me. Uh, we'll probably have to do a whole panel because I think there's so much that we can't get to in the short episodes I have. But uh, I got to start with some iconic spaces with you today as we kind of think about 
black history and spaces that really held that cultural legacy and that rich opportunity for folks to tap into the culture. For me, one of my iconic childhood favorites was Home of Good Barbecue. Mm period, point blank. I mean, as a young person, I would have straight debates with people <laughs> about barbecue because maybe over time people were like, oh man, the meat got tough and all this. And I was like, I don't care. The barbecue sauce is top notch. The potato salad is top notch. Like I don't, no, Jones doesn't compare. Nothing compares. Uh, but we saw that space vantage a while ago. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, it was founded in 1952 um, and I think went up until like 2018 or something like that. But um, I mean, that's why I'm so grateful for the work of Miss Stephanie. I'm so excited to <laughs> share an episode with her and just folks that share all this history of our local iconic spaces. Because I mean, I didn't know until fairly recently that um, Dr. Martin Luther King, one of his well, I guess his only visit to Seattle, he ended up at Home of Good and was talking with the owners into the morning. Um, and that there's just been so many um, famous people that have come through over the years. Um, Sammy Davis Jr., Sir Mix Lot, of course, you know, lived across the street, <laughs> Brian Manor. So, I mean, just so much uh, incredible, rich history um, at, you know, these spots that it's like, you know, we grew up with or, you know, went past every day. So, you know, they, they were really good too about kind of plastering that on their walls that they were known for that. They were known to have this stuff that you could just like learn from just stepping into the space. And uh, they were also a hub where the facts was dropped off. So like, if you need to get the facts newspaper, you could get it from home of good. I mean, the, for me as a young person, it was walking in those doors and the smell immediately hitting you or even sometimes walking by and just smelling it. And I would immediately begin to salivate, right? <laughs> like it was like, there was, it was so, um, special to my family. Mm -hmm. We lived around the corner on 19th and 1st. So we would walk over there all the time oh, wow. and get food all the time. And my, my family knew the owners. And as a young person, they watched me grow up and there was mm. so much connection that I wasn't able to make as a mother to bring my kids there. Right. And to, to, like I said, like, Oh, I was able to go at least get the takeout so my kids could experience it. My older son got to actually sit in there with me, but it's like, now I don't get the opportunity for my younger son. And mm. it was barbecue. Yes. But it was also the love of the family. It was this kind of environment where you knew you were cool. You were safe in there mm. to just like, like B and uh, and I, I think about how when new businesses take ownership of a space, there's so much that's just washed away in that regard. And I know you see this all the time with vanishing spaces. What else um, do we want to talk about today? Because I know we got some spaces that are recoming, like resurging again. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, SJT was talking about all of this, and it's great to see this Jackson Corridor now union thriving. Mm -hmm. We got, you know, we got other spaces um, throughout that are just cherry. When she talked about Medier Brewing, it's like mm -hmm. spaces are coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. And I'm just, again, grateful to, I mean, you're all talking about the organizing and the stewardship of community and really pushing for um, existing legacy businesses and new businesses opening. Ms. Stephanie mentioned um, Boosh Nursery, for example. And I didn't realize that um, she was so in horticulture and plants. Um, but I, I, I think Boosh just opened, um, I think they opened on Juneteenth, 2021. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it's, you know, they have a small space, but it's just crammed full of plants of all types. And they intentionally set the prices to be affordable. So you can come in like I, when I went in there, it's like, I don't really know much about plants. So it's yeah. a little bit intimidating. Um, but you know, it's a family affair and they'll, um, help you with tips and with repotting and just kind of like, Oh, what type of place do you live in? Like, here's maybe a plant that doesn't take too much water. And here's one at a affordable price point. So you can you know, try out, uh, yeah, try out some new plants and stuff. And that's a really, um, yeah, wonderful new business. And it's nice to see that, um, yeah, they're kind of part of this, uh, resurgence, right at 23rd and Jackson, right in front of that Amazon. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So shout out to, to Boosh nursery for sure. Yeah. You know, Boosh for me is one of those spaces that it just looks so lively in there mm -hmm. because the windows, you know, there's, they, they have made it to where, you can see everything when you're driving past or walking past, mm -hmm. right? Like you get that vibrancy of the life of plants in general mm -hmm. is something I'm really uh, growing to love. And I grew up being like, I don't got no th green thumb. I don't got time to be like raising a plant, right? Like it's like, oh, it needs things for yeah, me, <laughs> you know, right? Um, but with the ZZ plant here that we have on set, I have really gotten to be like, okay, let me make sure you get what you need. And ZZ plants don't need much, but it's just great to know that like now we have a space that is, you know, they're black owned and has these amazing plants at an affordable price point for us to tap into. So we can get into mm -hmm. it, right? And we can learn from those who look like us in global majority communities. And it doesn't have to feel like it's inaccessible. Uh, mm -hmm. What other spaces we want to talk about today? Sure. Um, well, another space that I know lots of people are familiar with because they've been around since, I think, 1985. Is Catfish Corner, and you know they're just right kitty corner from Bush Nursery, and I just love, um, yeah, the story of this place because it's you know the grandfather or the grandson of the original owners, Terrell Jackson, who went through several different locations. I think Skyway, Rainer Beach, off of Yesler, and then um, also opened on Juneteenth, 2021, and um, I think has a long-term lease there. So um, yeah, hopefully they're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon and as i understand it same catfish recipe so it's again nice to you know see all the black owned businesses that are anchoring that corner yeah i mean now you're, just, you're really talking my language today you know i appreciate this uh during this month in particular but for me it's like i'm celebrating black history every day and Although I don't even eat catfish anymore, sometimes I just go and get it because I'm like, well, maybe my kid, my kids will eat it. My son loves it. And it's one of those things for me where um, I, I grew up eating that. I grew up eating the catfish. Uh, the fries are always on point. And I every time I'm in there, I got to get the iced tea. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. I have a story because when they were off of Yesler, when they had moved and they mm -hmm. were like on 21st, 22nd and Yesler, I remember and finally, they were like, oh, yeah, everybody thinks that we put lemon in this and we don't put lemon in this tea. And I'm like, what? What is huh. that? Like, because it tastes like it definitely has some fresh lemon in there. So I I love this. And I love the story, too. For me, this is one of those stories where the next generation understood the value of the brand. Mm -hmm. Right. He could have been doing something else with his life, you know, but he grew up in this space knowing and understanding the value of the brand to keep it alive for us. You know, people were outside of the door in Skyway. Mm -hmm. I went up there many a times to be like, okay, on my way from Seattle home, you know, going to Federal Way, I'm going to just stop up there. There was, I would get 
food for my parents, drop it off. Like they be, oh, you're going up there, get us, like, you know, get us a pound. <laughs> and like, like that was just what it was. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that was one of those spaces when it was on uh, uh, MLK and Cherry. That was a spot me and my friends would go to. You know what I'm saying? It was like sometimes you felt like you was grown because you had your own money. <laughs> you know what I mean? You didn't know, didn't nobody have to give you nothing. You get to sit down, you know, and get that love, right? And we would be like, ooh, fried hard. So it's funny because <laughs> I had told him that one day. I was like, ooh, and fried hard. He was like, oh, don't even trip. We got it. We got you. That's how we do it now. I'm like, ooh, okay, great. They have not disappointed. Love that. So uh, yeah, th there's so much there. And when you talk about um, you know, these spaces. I think too, one of the things that we forget sometimes is that it's the relationships you're building mm -hmm. in this space. It's you taking a friend who's maybe not from the CD to one of these spaces and they've been like, oh my God. And so now that when they're like, oh, wait a minute, anytime I'm in there in that area, I need to go there. Cause for me, everybody loved the catfish, but I got to tell you their burger was my has oh. been my iconic. It was so iconic mm -hmm. that when I was working in corporate America, right? Everybody's like, oh, where are we gonna get food? Where are we gonna get food? And I was like, I got y'all. We're about to order a bunch of burgers <laughs> from Catfish Corner. And I kept telling them, I'm like, because they hand make their patties. It's not oh, a frozen patty. Uh -huh. Like they hand make their patties. It's real ground beef. So I would I did a order of like 30 something burgers from Catfish Corner. Wow. And everybody in that office, it was their first time having it. And they were like, I think you're right. This might be like the best <laughs> burger. And I'm like, it's a catfish place, mm -hmm. but don't sleep on the burger. Right. So I just, there's so good. many, yeah, there's so many different stories um, that I have to these spaces we're mentioning today. Uh, and I appreciate that Vanishing Seattle is here to make sure that we are carrying these histories forward. I got to ask you, what is one of your iconic spaces that like really resonates with mm -hmm. you in your childhood? Yeah. Well, and thank you too for sharing the stories about uh, Catfish Corner and Home of Good, because I think that's it is really these stories that I think bring these places to life that yeah. you might not read online necessarily or in any official record. So for me, that's the most interesting part is when people add their own experiences. Um, but for me and my family, uh, the place that was really, I think, just crucial <laughs> to my own kind of identity and upbringing and just having fun and building community was Bush Garden yeah. in the International District. Um, yeah, I went there as a kid with my parents to have dinner in the um, Tommy rooms. And then when I was old enough to drink, just kind of migrated over to the bar. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, they've had karaoke really consistently. A lot of people, myself included, were mentored by older activists like Uncle Bob Santos. Um, just I, it was a space that had all ages and races and backgrounds. And it was a political home. It was a cultural home. And yeah, I would go there with my parents, my cousins, you know, my friends and loved ones. So I think it's, um, again, one of these spaces that um, because it fostered such a sense of community and belonging that when Bush got bought by a developer who wants to tear it down, people really rallied around and had a whole Save Bush Garden campaign. Um, and luckily, um, they do have a new home to go to in the Uncle Bob's Place development just down the street where the Four Seasons Dynasty room used to be, yeah. another legendary spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it is really, you know, um, folks who have a strong attachment that can help to see that um, these places get 
stewarded through for the next generation. And also, you know, shout out to Auntie Karen for, you yeah. know, being such a, a leader in the community and an activist and like an, an OG herself. So that's right. Yeah, these spaces hold so much rich history for mm-hmm. us all. Thank you for sharing your stories. And it's, you know, we had some good times at Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more to come, more yeah. to come. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to a reopening and I'm always looking forward to these segments If folks need to connect with Vanishing Seattle and share their stories of the spaces that you all are breaking please look right there let them know how they connect yeah please do share your stories with me you can find me on vanishing seattle on instagram and facebook vanishingseattle.org is a website and yeah send me what you're seeing and hearing in your neighborhood i welcome picture stories tips because it's a it's a collective effort yeah, absolutely. And it's a great collective too, because people really pour into this. I mean, they want to make sure that the spaces that are important to them are getting featured, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So Lots I love opinions. that. Yeah. yeah, I love <laughs> that you welcome all of that. Thanks, of course, Cynthia. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Trey. And thanks, Miss Stephanie, too. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, y'all. What a fantastic week it's been here in the Sankofa Theater for our Black History Takeover. I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. What up, y'all? T-Dub here, as always, bringing you the news and art funding and opportunities. This year's Four Culture Project grants are live now, and here's what you need to know to apply. Four Culture Project grants fund cultural activities and projects throughout King County. If you are an individual or group with arts, heritage, or preservation at its core, then this funding is for you. And if you're new to the grant application process, Four Culture hosts virtual workshops and has a team of grant managers ready to assist you in the process. The deadline to apply is March 23rd. Head over to fourculture.org for more. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. Of course, I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a fantastic week we have had here at Sankofa Theater. Y'all, I am so elated to all the guests who came through this week. It's so great to wrap it up with some amazing history. Of course, I got to give a huge shout out to my guests for today. SJT, Stephanie Johnson Tolliver with Black Heritage Society was in the building, finally got a chance to sit on my couch and really chop it up with me about her history as well as some great history that is constantly there for us to partake in at Black Heritage Society. Of course, now she said it's open to the public, y'all. So go on down there, take a look at the amazing archives that they have there. There's so much for us all to learn. And I'm grateful that she is always willing to bring her brilliance to converge for us to be able to pick her brain about some of these amazing spaces. But it was so great to hear her personal journey to getting her to where she is today as well. And And always shout out to my girl, Cynthia Brothers, or as I call her, Cindy bro. Uh, Shout out to her for being here and really, you know, dedicating her time to Vanishing Seattle and working with all of you as you share your stories of spaces that are vanishing, the spaces that are important to you. As she said, it's a real collective. And so that means that y'all have to participate. Of course, I'm inspired by both of them and the work that they're doing out in our communities. I want y'all to be inspired 
Spirit, I'm telling you, if nothing more than to take some inspiration from this week, being here in Sankofa Theater, you know, hearing from all of the guests this week who've been sharing their stories, sharing why the work they do is important to them. We can all take something from it and not just use February as Black History Month, but be intentional to dive into your history every day, right? Learn something new about cultures outside of your own, about your own culture and ethnicity, because the more you understand about your history, understanding where you came from, right? Looking back to look forward as a Sankofa bird does. I promise you, you're now able to really share that with future generations, maybe your children, nieces, nephews, youth that you are around because you have something to share with them that is about the history that sometimes gets washed away if we do not continue to carry these stories forward. So Of course, I'm inspired by them. I want y'all to be inspired too. Be inspired by all the guests this week. Find the ways to see yourself as a part of the solution, y'all. And for me, until Monday at 11 a.m., peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.